Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to be together once again. And Lord, as we look to the word this morning, we ask for the leadership of your Holy Spirit. Father, that you would teach us those things that we need, that we're ready to receive. And may you be glorified. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. We're going to pick up with a section on kindness, kindness for the living and the dead. I think we may have covered some of that last time, but since it's been two weeks since we've been together, it won't hurt to refresh our memory a little bit. Up on the overhead, you can see what kindness is not. And I think we, we talked about that, that we're talking biblical kindness, right? Now, a lot of times we think as, of kindness as, I had one lady, I think I explained last time, bring me a teddy bear with a big red bow around its neck. And she goes, here, this is what kindness, this is what gentleness reminds me of. But that's not it. It's not just a soft breeze, a gentle touch. Biblical kindness is defined scripturally in Proverbs in regard to the virtuous woman. Because she shows kindness for the living and for the dead. Now, when Ruth comes back with grain, remember she's been out in the field, she comes back with grain, and Naomi speaks in Ruth 2.20, if you will recall, about kindness to the living and to the dead. Ruth 2.20, Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin to us, one of our next kinsmen. They're talking about Boaz. So it's Boaz who has not withheld kindness, right? To the living or to the dead. Now, Naomi's talking about the living, her and Ruth, but she's also talking about the dead. And in her mind, it's her husband, Elimelech, and it's her two sons, Malon and Kilion, because Boaz isn't withholding kindness in their name because he's taking care of Naomi and he's taking care of Ruth. But if you look at the scriptures in the New Testament in regard to the living and the dead, who are the living according to Ephesians 2, 1 and Romans 6, 11? Who are the living? Those who have been quickened, those who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Who are the dead? Those in darkness. Those in Psalm 107, 10 who sit in darkness and the shadow of of death. It is those who do not know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. So Jesus hasn't withheld his kindness to those of us who know Christ, and he's not withheld his kindness to those who have rejected him. I think that is awesome because we used to be those people. We were the ones who were dead. We were the ones who were lost in sin. And Jesus said, it doesn't matter. 
I am going to show you my kindness even when you hate me. I will show you kindness. Well, he did. What is the promise God made to people who are dead in sins and trespasses? What was the promise? This, the, exactly, Jesus Christ. This is the promise. He hath promised us even eternal life. That's 1 John 2.25. So what does God do? He suffers long and he waits for us to repent of our sin and accept what he provided for us through the shed blood of his son. So the kindness of the Lord to those people who are dead in their sin is deliverance, satisfaction, and freedom. Psalms 107.2, Psalms verse 9, 107.9, Psalms 107 verse 14. The loving kindness of the Lord is defined in Psalms 26.3. And I think we talked about this, did we not? It says in Psalms 26.3, for thy loving kindness is before mine eyes. Well, did David see God's loving kindness? Well, that's what it says. Thy loving kindness is before mine eyes. He saw it. Well, what does loving kindness look like? I think we went to uh, John, or First John, did we not? One, one, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked, of, looked upon, which our hands have handled of the word of life. What did John see? He saw the word, right? Well, in John 1, 1, how is that word defined? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So if the loving kindness of God is what David saw, and it's what John saw, and what's it called? It's called the word of life, and in John 1, 1, that word is called God. Is that Jesus Christ? Yes. It absolutely is. So what has God not withheld from us in his kindness? He's not withheld himself. He's not withheld his son. So the kindness that God shows to a person is Jesus. What about those, the kindness that God shows to someone who's already received Christ? What is his kindness that he has shown to those of us that have already received the Lord? His Holy Spirit. Because his loving kindness delivers us from trouble, anguish. It delivers us from suffering. Yes, it still hurts. But it, we have been delivered. And it makes those things in our life a calm. According to Psalms 107, verses 29 through 30. Because, like Susan just said, when we go through trials that and seem like we're at our wits end the lord is faithful to bring us out of trouble for one reason because his compassions fail not they're new every morning great is thy faithfulness and he left with us the blessed holy spirit all right let's pick up 
in Psalm, or excuse me, in Proverbs 31:26, this is where we're going to pick up today. The Bible says, she, the virtuous woman, opened her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Now, how does that apply to the church? How does that apply to us individually and collectively when this woman opens her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness? Well, the word law, let's look at that first. In her tongue is the law of kindness. That word law did you guys look it up in the Strong's? I didn't put it down to do that, but <laughs> did you? <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> well, that word law simply means to flow as water, to teach or to point something out. It goes right along with what the Bible teaches even about the Ten Commandments. Remember in Exodus 20 when God gave uh, the law and he describes those Ten Commandments that he gives? What was he doing when he gave those commandments? He was pointing out what? Something we couldn't keep. If you go to the book of James, chapter 2, I believe it is, and verse 10, it says, Whoever shall, Whosoever shall keep the law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. What did God point out to us when he gave us the Ten Commandments? And you hear a lot of people say today, oh, I'm just trying to keep those commandments. I'm doing pretty good with one through four, but I'm having trouble with five, you know, or whatever. And God says, you break one of those and you're guilty of all. Well, we got a problem. But in this woman's tongue is this law of kindness. Is it possible then there is another law that God has supplied for us in the scriptures by grace? Yes. If you will look with me. I got to find it. It's in Galatians. Yes. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 24, this is explained. When God gave us the Ten Commandments, he said in Galatians 3.24, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. What's that mean? What's a schoolmaster? When I think of a schoolmaster, I think of a, a teacher. Somebody's getting ready to crack you over the head of the ruler, you know. The law was our schoolmaster. It was our teacher. To bring us to Christ. That we might be justified by faith. Awesome. 
So what's the purpose of what's the purpose of pointing out something to a person and giving them the law? God says all you're showing them is it's a teacher to bring them to Christ. Because according to James chapter 2, it's something you can't keep. So God says it's just a teacher to show you you need Jesus. Well, the kindness of this law that's coming out of the tongue of this woman then, this church, this virtuous woman, what's it pointing out? Jesus Christ. What is it that's flowing as water out of her? The Holy Spirit, right? Right? Well, that's in John chapter 7, if we need to look at it. In John chapter 7, it says, verse 39, This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. But in verse 37, he that believeth on me out of the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this spake he of the Spirit. So what's flowing was water out of this woman? The, whole, the word of God, the Holy Spirit of God. And what is she teaching? Grace. So this wisdom and kindness that comes forth from the mouth of this woman is actually described beautifully in Deuteronomy 32, verses 2 through 3. And it says, My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the rain upon, uh, upon the tender herb and as the showers upon the grass. Because I will publish the name of the Lord. I will ascribe ye greatness unto our God. You get it? What is it, this doctrine that is flowing as water? What is this doctrine that's coming forth from this woman? What is this doctrine that is pointing out grace? What is it? What is it? It's the word of God, is it not? Her doctrine, her teaching that's falling as rain. She is publishing the name of the Lord. She is ascribing greatness unto God. That's the kindness the church should show. Now I understand, yes, baskets at Thanksgiving, we call kindness, baskets of food. The church should do that. Yes, at Christmas, yes, we should help kids at school. We, things our church does, absolutely. But biblical kindness is defined as Jesus and the kindness that comes forth from the church should be publishing the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and ascribing greatness unto God for the salvation we have in Christ. And that is, the, that's what's in her tongue. Notice it's not on her tongue. It's not under her tongue. Where is it? In in her tongue. It is part of who she is. 
Now the people who speak wisdom, she opens her mouth with wisdom. In Psalm 37:10, it says the people that speak wisdom are the righteous. Let's read it. It's in Psalm 37:30. Psalm 37, verse 30. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and the tongue talketh of judgment. So who speaks wisdom? What's it say? It says the righteous. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom. You hear of the wisdom of the world a lot, don't you? wisdom of the world and the question then would be can an un even though we say the world speaks wisdom can an unsaved man or woman speak wisdom according to what the Bible teaches Yeah, it's the key. It says the righteous speaketh wisdom. The righteous. So this is true of the virtuous woman, is it not? Because she has taken the righteousness from Christ. Right? He is her husband. God is her husband. She knows Jesus Christ is her personal Savior, right? A Jewish Redeemer called her a virtuous woman, remember? So the people who speak wisdom then, true wisdom, are those who know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior because in 1 Corinthians one twenty four, it says Jesus is the wisdom of God. And you go, oh, I want wisdom, I want wisdom, I need it, I need it, I need it. God, give me wisdom. And James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. Oh, God, give me wisdom. Well, my question would be, do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? And you go, yes. Then you have wisdom. Because, according to 1 Corinthians one twenty four, wisdom is Jesus. Well, it's the righteous who speak wisdom and not the wicked because the source of wisdom is Jesus. Is Jesus Christ the living word of God? Look at all those scriptures. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So, is Jesus the living Word? Of course he is. Now, if you follow that on through, in 1 Corinthians 2.16, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Remember? We have his mind. So, if we have the mind of Christ, do we have wisdom? Yes. yes. Well, in James 1.15, if you lack it, ask God who gives to all men freely 
How does she open her mouth with wisdom? Because she spends time with the one who is wisdom. So if you want wisdom, what do you need to do? Just get in the word of God. That's the mind of Christ who is the wisdom of God. And he's going to give that to you freely according to the book of James who upbraideth not and gives to all men freely. Does he want to give wisdom to a lost man? Yes, he does. Who does he want to give to a lost man? How would he give wisdom to a lost person? All right, who's wisdom? Christ is. Christ is, according to 1 Corinthians one twenty-four. So how's the lost man going to give wisdom? He needs to receive Christ as his Savior. And once you receive Christ as your Savior, you've got it. But like Willie just said, we need to be taught the Bible and grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because where does wisdom begin? In Proverbs 9.10... Uh, Proverbs 9.10 we need to look at it we need to read it (laughs) Proverbs 9.10 the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom you go am I supposed to be afraid of God That's what you hear the question a lot. Well, it says the fear of the Lord. Am I supposed to be afraid of him? Absolutely, positively, no. Because in Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is defined. Look at Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord is to hate I mean, there it is. The fear of the Lord is is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way, and the forward mouth, do I hate. So what's the fear of the Lord? It's just a hate sin. Is it not? So if you want wisdom, you hate sin, which includes a forward mouth, and if you've got a forward mouth, you've got a forward heart. Because when you look at the word of God in Matthew 15, 18, if God hates this, what does a froward mouth testify of? Did you guys look it up? What does Matthew 15, 18 say? Let's look at it. What? What? <laughs> Matthew 15, 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and defile the man. So if you've got bad stuff coming out of your mouth, what is the real issue? Oh, I just need to clean up my mind. No, you need a clean heart because the mouth, what comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart. So the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and all of this stuff. And if a fearing God means a forward mouth, it means you got a heart issue. 
So if you're speaking with wisdom then, according to John chapter 15 verse 3, a wise mouth means a clean heart. And we're clean through the word of God. You're, you're just going in circles with this thing. So we get wisdom by asking it of the Lord. And if we desire a wise mouth, we ask God for wisdom. We're asking him to renew in us a clean heart so we can speak the mind of Christ. That's all. And according to the scriptures, it's knowledge and understanding that comes from the mouth of the Lord. What about the tongue? Got a problem. <laughs> Got a problem with the tongue. This woman knows the word of God well enough to know that God hates this froward mouth. Okay. She knows that. So this virtuous woman, when she speaks, she's going to take what she's learned from the word and she's going to, with wisdom that God gives from his word, she's just going to apply it to her, to her life. She's going to let the Holy Spirit take this book and go, here's what you do. Here's how life works. Here's how you should behave. Here's what people should hear from your mouth. And if anybody ever comes to you for counsel, and believe me, if they ever see the word of God in you at work, they will. It's true. Who are you going to seek out for help? You're going to seek out someone that you've seen the word in their lives alive and well. I mean, if i got a problem, I'm not going to go to somebody else who's got a problem, right? <laughs> Or they may have a problem, but at least they're letting God handle it. So when someone comes to you for counsel and they see Christ in you, what counsel do you give them? Do you go, well, hmm, in my opinion? No. We've talked about that, I think, in here. You go to 10 people and ask their opinion, what are you going to get? 10 different opinions. So... You want someone who's going to give you wise counsel from the word. However, it relates to your life. Is that what Naomi did for Ruth? Yes. Think about it. If you go back to the book of Ruth, chapter 2, do you remember uh, when she, Ruth lied? <laughs> remember? Let's go back and look at it. In Ruth, chapter 2, verse 22. Remember, uh, Ruth the Moabitess, well, let's look at verse 21. Ruth the Moabitess said, now she's talking to Naomi, he, Boaz, said to me, also thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. Was that a true statement? No, no it was not. What did Boaz do? What did he tell her? Stay, Stay close by the by the maidens, by the women. So she lied. But what did Naomi remind her? Look at verse 22. Naomi said unto her, Ruth, my daughter-in-law, it is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. 
What did Naomi just do? Exactly. She told her the same thing Boaz did. Very same thing. Well, when Ruth heard that and when she was reminded, she obeyed. Remember? She obeyed. So this woman doesn't just speak to hear her own words. When she says something, it's going to mean something because of the word that has been spoken to her. You get it? It's not just her opinion. Naomi could have said, well, hon, you know, I don't know. I guess it's okay. I don't know. But she didn't. What did she do? She agreed with Boaz. Isn't that what God does? He gives us the word, and the word says, do this. And we look at it, and we go, oh, man. No, you know, I think I'm okay to go ahead and do what I want to do. Who is it that reminds you of this book? The Holy Spirit. And I guarantee you, he'll remind you of the things that Christ has said. Now, we've got another problem, and it's the tongue. In James 3.8, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Well, let's look at the tongue. James 3.8. Our tongue is bad news. Let's start reading in verse 6. This will kind of give you an overview of the tongue. James 3.6. It says, The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body. And setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. That's not good. <laughs> and every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Oh, boy. I had a pastor one time um, say very wisely, what do you do with a wild animal? And I'm thinking, well, you could shoot it. <laughs> you could kill it. <laughs> you know, you could shoot it with a dart and put it to sleep, you know. And then he said, usually with a wild animal, you put it in a cage. And he said, you've got a cage for your tongue. It's called your mouth just shut the cage <laughs> and I thought oh how simple is that well because this tongue is a problem but the tongue of the wise according to uh, Proverbs twelve eighteen, it says it's help tongue of the wise is health. And in Proverbs 3.18, 
It's wholesome. Let me read it. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 18. Mm, sorry. That is the wrong verse, you guys. What about, let's look at Proverbs 12, 18. Take Proverbs 3, 18 off the list. <clears throat> there is Proverbs 12, 18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. All right. So we know that the tongue of the wise is health. We know it's a problem. It's full of deadly poison. poison but we know it's healthy if you're wise. Well, that goes back to wisdom, does it not? Huh? If you have wisdom, who do you have? You have Jesus Christ. According to 1 Corinthians one twenty four, And if you have Christ, you have the wisdom of God. It's the word of God living and written. So if we want wisdom, it's the fear of the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of that. And that's hating sin. So when you come to this, What's in her mouth is healthy. It's not going to destroy people. So what is this kindness then that controls this woman? It's the mind of Christ. It is the mind of Jesus Christ. Remember, what's in your heart comes out your mouth. Not rocket science. And the kindness that controls her tongue is the mind of Christ. This virtuous woman kills people with kindness. <laughs> so what comes out of her mouth is not malicious gossip. It's not deceit. It's not lies. It's not rumors. And that's a biggie. That's a big one. You hear a rumor. And I guarantee you we're all the same. What do you want to do immediately? Tell somebody. You want to. Look, the flesh goes, oh, who can I tell? <laughs> you know, and you don't know if it's true. You don't know if it's really valid. But man, you just want to say it so bad to somebody because, because with the rumor, usually there is gossip. And if you tell a rumor, then the gossip just kind of comes along you know it's just part of the package you're not going to hear blessing and cursing coming out of the mouth of this woman because of James 3.10 let's look at it James chapter 3 verse 10 out of the mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. 
A, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Out of conversation. That's his lifestyle. Your lifestyle should be with meekness and wisdom. And this wisdom, where does it come from? It comes from the word of God. So, no malicious gossip, no deceit, no lies, no rumors. The kindness of the woman is not just sweetness and generosity, though. Her kindness involves a hate for sin and a love for God that controls her heart, that brings forth true doctrine out of her mouth. That's the way it works. You are going to... You are going to speak what's in your heart. It's the way it works. Now, then what does she publish out of her mouth? Deuteronomy 32.2 She publishes the doctrine of the Lord and she ascribes greatness to God. Not hard. She knows the word of God well enough that she can be reminded of the words of her Savior. Biblical kindness. Biblical kindness of our Boaz. Remember who is Boaz a type of? He's a type of Christ, right? Remember Psalms 26.3, Before mine eyes, the psalmist said, is the loving kindness of God. Ladies, you're looking at the kindness of God. The kindness of God, the gentleness of God hung on a cross. He died for our sins. He was buried and a third day he arose from the dead. That which was from the beginning which we have seen with our eyes, which our hands have handled of the word of life. We've looked upon it. We've touched it. We know him. This is the kindness of our Savior. So, this person, this church, this woman, who knows the word of God so well that she's willing to allow the Holy Spirit to remind her of the words of her Savior through the power of the Holy Spirit. And not only that, surrender in obedience to what it says, obedience to his counsel. And she's doing it for the spiritual and physical well-being of the people she loves. She's going to bow her neck in courtesy and she's going to show pity to her family and to her friends. Kill them with kindness. That's exactly what we do. That's what a person does for people they really love. They kill them with the kindness of God. And that kindness of God 
that the church shows, that we should show individually and collectively. They, the, the ones they love, and that includes her immediate family, that includes her extended family, that includes her friends, that includes her acquaintances, whoever touches her life. They're dead to sin because of the doctrine of God in Romans 6.11 and because of the kindness of this woman. So, yes, it's baskets at Thanksgiving. Yes, it's all of this. But it's more. It is actually a person who loves Jesus Christ so much they just let what's in them out. They abide, John 15. They bear fruit, John 15, 8. They glorify God. It always comes back to the same thing. Have you noticed? And that is glorify God. Abide. Bear fruit. It comes back to John chapter 15. I am the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. Bottom line. 